tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy the recipe that will exterminate your species. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! It's wrong! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Welcome, welcome, welcome to TalkCast 85 from the No Spin Permanent Press Zone. It's Sci-Fi Saturday Night tonight. Tonight, it's not the end of the world. It's not Rapture Palooza. It's um. It's an echo. It's it's a zombie. <laughs> Deep in Area Fifty One, where the Buffalo roam and everyone's hiding. I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Alston Brighton bunker. It's Kriana. I have canned food. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the man with the unicorn jerky from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire. Illustrator X. Shop smart. Shop as smart. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> it is Mistress of the Afterlife. It's the dead redhead. I'm just going to open up my can of peanut butter sandwich. Oh, those are awesome. <laughs> I have a can of bottled water if anybody's interested. From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, risen, risen from the dead, the man with the shotgun in the trees picking off the horde of marauders, Captain Segway himself awake by Java. Maybe. Maybe. Or Maybe not. not. Did we lose him already? I've just found someone new to blame for our technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> our silent partner. Okay, the the little arrows going around. I'm not sure what that means, but it can't uh, be good. It means that I am deep, deep in the depths of a museum reserved for cars of supervillains. It is Captain Segway himself. Nice of you to join us. We need you. I know, I know. I've been so busy. I don't know if anybody knows that, but I'm a teacher. It's the end of the year, and I'm at a wedding right now. So they're having a wedding at a supervillain car museum. I am <laughs> right so now. Awesome. I am at the uh, Auburn Cord and Duesenberg Mu Car Museum in Auburn, Indiana, and I am sitting right next to uh, two cars that look like they are reserved for 1939. You know, uh, Batman. I've got I'm a so uh, there. <laughs> the reverb right. in wherever you are is awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm so sorry. Um, it, let me see if I can find a smaller. I would get in one of the cars, but I think they would frown upon that. <laughs> Probably. And if you hit the fire in the back, a flame would come on. <laughs> <laughs> While you're figuring that out, I would, I'd like to bring in our guest for the night, Pasha Roberts, from Line, Pro, Line Plot Productions. That is not easy to say, Pasha. I know. We're going to change it when we start doing more movies. But it's Silver <laughs> Circle. Let's just say Silver Circle. Okay, from Silver Circle Movie, and if you've been to any cons anywhere recently, you've seen them. We had them screaming next to us at Granite Con last year. This year, they were busy tattooing arms. Woohoo! <laughs> that was awesome! Mine came yeah, off, well, though. Uh, by the way, Drew says hi, and it took her two weeks to get the tattoo off. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's because yeah, she doesn't shower. <laughs> oh. So... Soap is the trick. Ah. <laughs> I don't know what that says about Drew. Careful. So, it's been uh, what we thought was going to be a fairly dull week in, in, in sci-fi, and yet not. So, we want to start off. X? Yes. Do you want to start off tonight? Um, sure. Well, you know, we'll just kick it off. Um... We lost a few. We had a few birthdays. Um, 
Most people heard about Jeff Conway's passing away because they were fans of Grease or Taxi. He's been forever known as Kanicki. Or Celebrity Rehab. Or Celebrity celebrity Rehab. rehab. But for sci-fi fans, he's always going to be known as security officer Zach Allen. Taking over for Garibaldi on Babylon 5. He did a hell of a job on the show. He will be missed. Wow. You, You know, and it's funny because... Babylon 5 is one of those you love it or you hate it. Yeah. I don't know anyone who doesn't, who's seen it and doesn't feel strongly one way or the other about it. Well, now yeah. I feel like I have to watch it. it. You should. Yeah, you should. If you're going to hate, hate with an informed opinion. That's right. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I have no opinion yet. <laughs> I didn't say I hated it. No. No, it's it's a great show. I I absolutely love it. It's one of my all-time favorite series. I've watched it over and over again. Um, but so Jeff Conway passed uh, yesterday. We actually had some um, sci-fi birthdays, though. Uh, two sci-fi celebrities turned a thousand years old each. Uh, one was Christopher Lee. <laughs> oh, jeez, he is otherwise. Old. Otherwise known as Count Dooku, Count Dracula, Saruman. Stop calling him that. I can't Count, Count Chocula. Any one of them. <laughs> um, and yesterday uh, was Harlan Ellison also turned Woo! a thousand yesterday. Happy so, birthday, Harlan. Amazing glass to you, sir. I'm glad you've made it through another birthday. Come on back on the show and join us again. That's right. Uh, poor Java. I think the supervillains got to him again. <laughs> uh, he's somewhere in the back seat of the Dragula. Uh, <laughs> where oh, are we baby? going from here, folks? Now wait. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. And, uh, but speaking of, oh, I'll play the Java role then. Speaking of the back seat, um, oh, bring on for beginners. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that video came out. Have a back seat. Oh my. Okay. Sorry. So tell us about the video, Kriana. Uh, well, I had the audiobook by Michael Dorn. Right. And I think we all had the audiobook by Michael Dorn. <laughs> it, I, I think you stole it from me, actually. <laughs> um, it's fairly fabulous. You learn how to swear in Klingon, because that's pretty much all you do in Klingon, <laughs> is swear. So it's pretty funny. You, you see a Klingon uh, in a shirt and tie. It's kind of like a Harry Potter Klingon, <laughs> now that I think of it. But there's all sorts of like retro-looking consoles. He may, in fact, be in a shuttlecraft. But it, um, it is, but it is kind a, of a, an incredibly cool video. But it's basically it's those like um, what are they? I can't think of them now. Rosetta Stone? Thank you. It's like the Rosetta Stone tutorials. Is that what it's like? <laughs> a, a little bit. A little bit. And I guess it comes from Star Trek Infinite Space, which is a free browser game set in Deep Space Nine. So, so it teaches well, you how to, you have to speak a language in order to play the game? Well, a language that you wouldn't well, normally have known. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, if, well, you may have known it, depending on who you were. That's right. <laughs> we've had, we've had you know, um, I a, guests that have known Klingon. Well, this is true. I had a former roommate who knew Klingon. Uh, I used to live with a guy back in the day who, we would, when we would play chess, he would throw me off my game by cursing at me in Klingon. And so I'd get back at him by removing his pieces when he went to the bathroom. <laughs> I was going to say, and like a dingus, it worked on you, didn't it? <laughs> uh... Well, it's not entirely fair because some children actually grew up in Klingon households, and that's their first language. Oh my God! So what? you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what? They grow up and their parents staple a turtle to their head, and they just Absolutely. get the routine feeding. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> How could you say something like that? Really? Seriously? What I'm is sorry. Funny? They spray paint them gold. I'll be classic. We anticipate your letters. <laughs> Please send your Klingon racist emails to IllustratorX at sci-fi Well, my, my favorite thing from that video is how do you say hello in Klingon? How do you say hello in Klingon? But, like, Klingons don't say hello. <laughs> right. It's like, like saying we, we, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Really? It's like having 17 different words for snow. It just <laughs> doesn't work. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's, been, there's been a lot of X-Men news this week. Which, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, apparently the reviews are saying uh, First Class is actually going to be a good movie. You know, and everybody's been, you know, going, ah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And everybody, the word out on the roads is it's good. And the Marvel Universe is just kicking ass and taking names in the movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be fair. The last two X-Men movies, and Wolverine counts as one, the last two movies <laughs> Does Wolverine count? Does it? No. Yeah. Well, I was going to say. It unfortunately X1 and X2 to. are good movies. X3 and Wolverine, uh, not, not so, so good. That's like saying, um, um, what? The one that came after Daredevil there, that one counted. Electra? Oh, yeah, that didn't count. Oh, either. that counted. Oh. oh, baby, did that one count. <laughs> Hell yes. Well, it counted in just a weird, odd little way. Kind of uh, like the first Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, yes, angly. We feel your pain <laughs> over and over and over again. I don't but have Pasha, with angly. <laughs> Pasha, what's what movie are you looking forward to this summer? <sighs> wow, <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> Aside from Silver Circle, of course. We're so busy building the thing. <laughs> I'm, you know, I have yet to see Thor, um, and I'm looking forward to that. Is that go a worth see thing? it? It's well worth it. Yeah, yeah it's, see it's it. good. I'm gonna go see Thor tomorrow. No spoilers. Okay, so that's that's what I'm actually really looking forward to at the at the moment. But there's a couple of new ones coming out this weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, um, oh God, what's coming out this weekend? Yeah, the Chris. Ten to twelve. I'm yeah, probably no. going to see the pirate movie. The pirate movie. Because oh, that, I have that's to take already my been mother. Out. I have to take my mother. You're such a good daughter. You are. <laughs> so dutiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kung Fu Panda. I can totally do with. Oh come on, Kung Fu Panda! <laughs> that one was awesome. Yeah, it's it's awesome, but it's not in the same kind of league as I don't know. Captain America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally looking forward to that puppy. I'm looking forward to Captain America, that's for sure. Yeah. And la- then when does Lantern come out? Oh, I, I'm, I can't. It's June, I, isn't it? Sometime next month. I yeah. just can't do it. June 17th. I, first of all, Ryan Reynolds. Can't Second of it. all, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and third of all, Green Lantern. Yeah. Hey. No, Brian. I'm sorry, X. It's not going to work. It's just, and I, I'm I'm going out you're on a limb. It's saying no. You're, you're saying the concept of of Green Lantern doesn't work. I'm saying it's not going to translate in any way, shape, or form as well as any one of a hundred others should have and could have. It's not going to make it My- well translate well to the screen because. The Green Lantern universe is based on the concept of anything you can imagine can happen. The ring can make anything you can imagine happen, right? Yep. Within limits, yeah. No, there's no limits other than yellow. Or, Your imagination. Or, right. Other than yellow. <laughs> other than yellow. No, yellow, yellow yeah. that's true. Thank yep. you. See, you laughed, Kriana, but that's absolutely right. I don't know anything about Green Lantern. Except for Sinestro, who's cool looking. <laughs> and red. Shows up at conventions with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's kind of, yeah. Okay. But actually, speaking yeah. of learning about various comic book things, I learned a new X-Man the other day. Darwin. Uh-oh. Darwin is kind of cool. Darwin. Darwin? Maybe it's not canon. I don't know, but it was on IO9, I think. Um, Dar- oh, I gave up on a lot of the X Men a long time so ago. So Darwin evolves based on the situation. So if Darwin is plunged into darkness, he evolves uh, twenty twenty night vision. Oh, cool! If Darwin That's gets cool. thrown into the ocean, he might evolve gills. And all it's this not, happens in time. 
No, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not really evolution. It's just sort of adaptive. But they called him Darwin because yeah. he's adaptive. So, so look, we've got, and they already X- have a character called the Super Adaptoid. We can tickle. <laughs> oh, really? Just like people that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, that's okay. So we've got Thor. You know what? I want to throw got... this out here. Go ahead. I, last few days, it's old news, but. There was a show on BBC last year called The Misfits. Dome, you have stolen my life away while I've been watching this thing. And all I can say as a review is, this is Heroes done right. This is the X-Men done right. Totally, totally correct. I am so, and I'm not even done. We're like, we're like what, two or three episodes into the second season? Yeah. Tracy, I heard, I mean, Dead Redhead, I heard you go, eh. And... Um, I kind of tried to. Misfits? Yeah. No, I love oh, okay. it. Okay, because I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I didn't try to watch enough of it. No, I meant like, yes, this is Heroes Done Right. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> a little '80s for me. That's all. Oh, they never oh. get away with it in this country because there's <laughs> way too much swearing and sex in it for this country. But and drugs. And drugs. Oh gosh, yes. There's a lot of drug and alcohol abuse as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I've, I've got to tell you, uh, it is perhaps one of the coolest shows most Americans will never see. Because but, oh, you should seek it out. Oh, my God. If you can find it, get it, sit down, lock yourselves in your bunker, and yeah. just watch it. And don't Parents, stop. Yeah, parents, imagine your kids doing everything that you have nightmares about them doing, <laughs> but with superpowers. With superpowers, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this show is. Every slacker jerk that you've yes. ever known now has a freaking superpower. Yep. Sounds great. Oh, you know, the God. only one that sounds interesting coming up is uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Oh my God! Yes, I, I love those matchups. Daniel yeah. Craig in that one. Yeah, and Harrison Ford and all that. But it's just uh, those mashups are awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the but Avengers. Now, how do you do it where it doesn't take like, you know, where it's over in ten minutes? <laughs> <laughs> mm. I mean, it is the Cowboys win clearly. <laughs> they must not be very strong aliens. I don't know. Well, unless unless you know what. It's all just a giant April Fool's joke on us, and when the, the ships open up, it's the Firefly crew. <laughs> you know what, though? I don't understand the assumption that aliens are better than us. Well, more technology. Let's they can put it get that here way. from other planets. But, yeah. but why got- necessarily? We can go to other planets. We've demonstrated this. No, no, no. You, well, you- maybe not cowboys, but... But human beings, you know, not that long after the cowboys existed, went to the moon. We have the technology. If like, you go back and you look at how we've treated aliens and alien presence, go all the way back to the original War of the Worlds. Why is there this assumption that aliens are so much better than us? Why can't aliens be just as technologically advanced as us, but maybe they funded their space program a little better? Yeah, maybe they're nitrogen starved and they they're really weak as a result or something like that. Yeah, or... yeah. Why why does does everything that that brings them to Earth empower them against us? I don't think that oh, would necessarily be saying. true. But by now they have decades of warning from radio transmissions of our movies that we're expecting them to be violent, so they'd better be ready. But like, <laughs> why would we even think that they would think to use? radio transmissions what if they have Thank some you. other sort of transmission like because we sent doves after them in mars attacks that's yeah. why i mean oh i don't know God, i just think it's, it's a very up. closed-minded <laughs> genre and that there's so much more that could be done that people just are like yeah we're not interested but so goes yeah. my life yeah but science it. fiction is a very closed unimaginative genre <laughs> yeah that's what i thought <laughs> I mean, in contact, they weren't trying to be um, warrior-like, but that was kind of psychedelic just at the end. Well, in Battlefield Los Angeles, all, all they wanted was water. All right, and what was water? That was it. And what was that South Africa one? Um, Spoilers. Just, just like, 
District Nine. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, what would we do if we actually saw an alien spacecraft? We would blow up the crap out of that thing. The day the Earth stood still, the original one. Yep, we'll shoot them. We would blow yep. it to pieces. We'd we'd at least give it a good solid try. But see, Absolutely. that's why we are behind them because they are that much more. Advanced why wouldn't they than... just blow us to pieces if they saw one of our ships? I bet they would. They might. They might. But like, I don't know. It, it just never assumes that the, it just always assumes that they will take the opposite reaction that we think that we would take. But I I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to see like they're aliens and they seem it's different, be- but they're just like it- us. Speaking of assumptions, let's talk about. You would think that a water bug oh, pitted God. against a turtle. That is not sci fi. <laughs> oh. What? That was huh? science fact. Oh God, where where are we going? I have no clue. I don't, I don't see a link for this in the document. <laughs> um, I put this on our Twitter and people loved it. There was a gi- They had video of a gigantic water bug. I can't remember which country it was in, but the thing was so warrior-like that at first it ate a turtle. This is like a water bug. This the water is the bug kind of water bugs that we see the little ones. And then it took on a, sna- a snake and it beat the snake. So my thought is this this is Siffy's new monster. That's very likely. I'm looking for this tweet right now. Water bug versus Dino Croc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I know is she's like, hey, come here, look at this. And I'm like, Bleh! I'm never going out of the <laughs> Hide the water cats. bugs kill um, yeah. this has been your bugs. science fact for the week and it's scary as hell where oh, was God. this I'm looking for it as long as it's not in the shower I don't care where it is just, just <laughs> it was either Google Thursday water, or water Friday bugs. no Mo it was Wednesday or Thursday mm. oh my god Hey, let's not break a good streak. What's going on in Doctor Who? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Doctor Who has their episode coming up. A good man goes to war, and then they go to a mid-season finale, which means they're taking a break for two months. Hey, Dead Redhead, is it at Siffy? I found your next movie. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) 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 And and. I guess we're kind of at a at a toss up as to uh, how last week's episode went, but they're saying that this week's episode, according to Moffat, is a game changer. Huh? Okay. You know, I think it's more fun when we disagree about the way we think about the episodes. It's just more fun that way. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I wasn't totally Wait. into the last one. All right, you want a good fight? I've been saving this. Oh, you're spoiling for a fight, are you? Here we go. No, 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 because you're going to like this. Okay. I hate Amy Pond. What? And I'll tell you why. You hate me? Why do you hate me? (laughs) All right. Okay, for those of you who don't know, I went to Illustrator X's Halloween party as Amy Pond last year. (laughs) Okay. And back then, I didn't mind her so much. But especially this season, I have gotten so angry with this character. Why? Remember that, remember that time the doctor was going around with this married couple, and the guy was always saying to the girl, Hey, stupid. Hey, moron. You're so such an idiot. And, and in fact, the guy was ready to cheat on her on the wedding night. Remember that? No, because it would never happen. The audience wouldn't stand for it. But because she's got a good set of legs, everyone's like, well, Amy Pond's just a wonderful character, and it's wonderful how Rory just follows her like a basset hound. Oh, I my think, God. <laughs> I think the reason that she says those things is because he is extra insecure. And I, you know what I think you don't like? I think because you're a man, you don't like Rory. I think you don't like Rory, and you're blaming it on Amy. No, I don't like either one of them. Fair I enough. I don't like... I don't like her, and I, I don't like the way she treats him, and I don't like the way, you know, Dr. Spineless there is like, oh, do you really hate me? God, I love you all the more. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow, listen to you. So in, yeah. in, the grand, in the grand scheme of companions, Amy Pond is pretty much pond scum? Is this what we're saying? My definition of her is all legs, no heart. Oh. I think she, I, you know what? I think she has... 
I think she has it a little difficult because basically what's going on here is Rory is like this insane moron who can't wrap his head around the fact that she actually does love him and her love yes has been tested and guess what she didn't cheat on him whether she was tempted to or not uh wasn't uh for a uh, lack of willpower there but she didn't and that's she was all that pushed, she was pushed away you know what though it didn't happen you can't blame her for something that didn't happen I can blame her for making the past. And and I just I just think you're mad at Rory's spinelessness. You you think that, you I, know, I think no, she can do no. better than him, honestly. It's, it's funny. One of our longtime listeners, uh, Mr. Washi, yeah. I was telling him about this and he actually said he's on the flip side. He says that Rory is his favorite companion of all time. Rory is pretty awesome. He's I think. A, because he's a very every man that you just see it through his eyes where when someone else walks into the TARDIS now, they're like, oh my god, it's bigger on the inside. And he's just like, yep, yep, I remember I went to that stage. Yeah, it's bigger on the inside. Get over it. You know (laughs) what? If we're going to talk about who the best companions ever were, I know you think you know where I'm going here. Please just don't don't say Donna Noble. I hate her. (laughs) There's not a chance I'm saying that. Okay. You know what? what? Catherine Tate is a lovely woman, but I hate Donna Noble. (laughs) No, Donna gonna... Noble gave hope for middle-aged Doctor Who watchers. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who was the sweetest, kindest companion that there ever was. Martha Jones. I... Sarah Canine. Jane. Oh yeah. yeah, can't really argue with that. She's Sarah dead. Jane. And I mean, the more I look back at an era of the Doctor that I wasn't that fond of. She makes it accessible because if you want to talk about an everyman, if you want to talk about a woman who gives you infinite kindness, and that's it. She's it. And she does a terrific job. And she will be missed. No question about it. That's Mm. No one's going to argue with that. (laughs) Um, I mean, Amy and Rory are not Sarah Jane. They have distinct personalities, and they're not perfect. And Rory's insecure, and Amy's a little bit like, you're a moron. But I think through <laughs> those things, they genuinely do love each other. And I don't think... I mean, Rory freaking waited for her for a thousand years. She's not going to throw that uh, out the window. Great, he's a basset hound. <laughs> you're saying you wouldn't do that for your lovely wife? Now, well, I am careful. The proves the rule. Oh. Yeah, let her be the judge of that. <laughs> okay, okay. Moving on, the Avengers movie uh, hasn't come out yet, but thank you. That's right. Not only has it not come out yet, it looks really, 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 really good, and there's all kinds of talk about. Who's going on? What's going on? And what's Don't going on with it? You dare! <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah, no, no spoilers. All not even, going, not even links to spoilers. All I'm going to say is, Loki is in the movie. Yay! Well, All right, that's cool. There, Loki. That's cool. There is another huge villain. All right, and now we're done with the spoilers. <laughs> Thank you. LatinoReview.com, that's all I'm saying. No, what links to spoilers? We don't do that here. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It's all over the interwebs for those of you who want to deal with it. Okay, here's a non-spoiler. True Blood. Woot woot. Tomorrow. <gasps> I cannot, cannot, cannot. Can I say that again? Cannot. Cannot. Because it looks so good. Actual sexy vampire time. Woohoo! That does sparkle. Yeah, shut up, you. Really? Totally (laughs) sexy vampire time. Look, I mean, I I loved True Blood for the first season, but the last season really kind of lost me. Okay, okay. You know what? You know what? Last season was season three, which was much better than season two. Much, much better. Okay, okay. Can if you haven't, have you read the books? 
Of course not. Why on earth would I spend my time reading? <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, okay, okay. You know what? I will be the first to say... If, if the series cannot stand without the books, then it doesn't matter. And I'm talking about the about season three. I didn't like season three. I thought it was full of bull. And it wasn't interesting. And it got really weird. And I, I don't know. I just... I, I felt like... <clears throat> The uh, the inherent pulpiness of the storyline was starting to come out, and and I wasn't interested in that. Well, that's why wow. I like it. <laughs> wow. I like the inherent pulpiness because the novels, if you mean by they take like fifteen minutes to read, are incredibly pulpy. Right, and but when when it when the series started, I I liked it because it was true to the genre and it was and it was you know it it dealt with the archetype of vampires and it dealt with the archetype of werewolves well as opposed to you know twilight well now it's gonna <laughs> deal with fairies Woo-hoo. i know but, uh, yeah and that's all in the books but i'm um, not quite this soon is what i'm saying and then okay so if you haven't read the books this is this is how the series maps onto the book. Season one is pretty much book one, quite faithfully, but with some additions, and the additions were all generally awesome, like Baby Jessica. Um, yes, Baby Jessica was awesome. Like Lafayette Absolutely. not dying, like Tara being an actual character. I don't think Tara's actually even in the first. No, she's book. not in the books at all. So, um, and she's such a footnote character in the books. If you've read them, she barely shows up at all. Oh, by the way, if you saw Craig Ferguson, she was on last night. Oh, was she? She was. And she was just just funnier than hell and, and talking about the show. And, oh, just All right, well, well, hang on. Let me finish here. The second season somehow decided to take an extremely minor subplot of book two and blow it up into a whole season for no apparent reason. I think if they had actually just stuck to, well, let's do the plot of the book, they would have done a lot better because that subplot made no sense and then they had to carry some baggage from that into season three and in season three they said well let's let's do book three they went back to that but then they decided to take elements from like book eight or nine and just throw them in there for no apparent reason so I think if they had sort of stuck a little closer that it would make a lot more sense and the flow would be a lot more a lot more gradual. Eh. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give it a chance, but I, I'm not holding out much hope. In any you know, case, I don't taken, really care. You know, Eric is eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Oh, and baby Jessica. And, and one of the only interesting candy? characters. I've stopped caring about, what's his name, the main vampire guy, Bill. But Bill, if you read the books, spoiler alert, is not the main the vampire. He's, but I'm book. saying, like, no. the author's intent, he's not the main vampire. He's there in the books, and he basically does exactly what he did in the TV show, which is, he was ordered there by the queen. And if we're talking about the TV show, we can't, we can't. Uh, well, we have to, they're... They're no, intertwined. They're, yes, they are. They're intrinsically no, they're related they're to each other. Separate. They, they can't. Separate. Yes, they are. They're completely separate. Well, they are not completely in, separate if they're taking them from her books. That's like saying in, the Harry Potter movies have no relation to the books. In this case, they kind of are completely no separate. I'm saying that in a different in, in a different format, they take a different form, and they and they are com- inherently different in in the way that the story is told. And yep. not only that, but they're written by different people in a different way to tell a different story. And and you can't assume that a person who watches the television show has read the books. And well, no, of course do, you can't. You can't expect that a person who watches the show is going to read the books because that's an unfair assumption. I am and not so assuming that. I'm just saying that the, as in the, the television show... If the TV show can't stand without the book, without a person having read the books, then it then it's crap. You're not listening to me. I'm saying that the TV show is paralleling the books in the fact that Bill is actually not the main vampire character. You matter, think though. he is in the beginning, and then he becomes less and him. less important. And you're meant to, I think. <laughs> I, I no, really I, think that you're meant to hate him by the time that this season rolls around. I hate him because of, a, of his character. I hate him because 
the I think that it's not a realistic portrayal of of anything. I don't think it's a good. I don't think the actor has done a good job. I don't think the television writers have done a, done a good job. And if the character is at all like the character in the books, I don't think that the writer did a good job of creating him. Well, here's so so I, you're I, you're I, mad that there's an unrealistic portrayal of a vampire. Thank you. Thank no, you. I'm mad. Exactly. <laughs> I'm mad that there's an unrealistic portrayal of a person who's oh, a vampire. Okay. All right. Vampire okay. Is something to do. Clarifying. Moving on. Wait. Moving on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> mm. okay. Okay. I'm glad you resolved that. Yeah. Here's something none of you have seen yet, except I have seen it. And uh, I know none of you have seen it yet. But Sci-Fi has just picked up a Canadian series called Lost Girl. Okay. And, and this series... Is, is it science fiction? It, it is totally science fiction. There's Holy one. shit. Which, I know, it's a scary thought that sci-fi would actually, or Civi, would actually do science fiction when they have so much wrestling on right now. Giant water bugs. Or giant oh, water bugs. <laughs> but the reality is Lost Girl was on Canadian Showcase Television. It's, it opened in September 2010. Uh, they have 26 episodes. And I don't know if they're producing any more of them, but it was one of the biggest shows they ever did. Um, it's a terrific show. It stars, oh God, what's her name? Oh, Lord. I've yeah. lost her name. Anna Silk, who's a terrific hey. actress. And uh, here's I know the, that name. The basis of the show is she's a succubus who steals people's life forces with a kiss. And controls people by touch, and it's a wonderful uh, story. In the opening episode, which is pretty much the canon of the show, she drains her boyfriend's life force, and it starts her on a road towards redemption. And it's wonderful. It's a great show. I can't imagine why Sci-Fi picked it up. <laughs> because that's just something that they usually because they do. want to ruin it. Oh, they that could be. Yeah. It, they're actually going to show it in. They're supposedly showing all 26 episodes uncut. Yeah, oh, we'll see what they, actually they don't, happens. Don't have to do anything yeah. to it. And they paid but, the Canadians yeah, well, with maple syrup and moose meat. <laughs> 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 they gave them a canoe for their navy. Sorry, Thomas Gofton. <laughs> we love Canadians. We love Canadians, and we're going to love this show. I'm. I, I'm going out on a limb and, and, and just going to say, X, the way you like Misfits, you're going to like, for very different reasons, Lost Girl. Well, I no, you know what? I, I've already, I've already uh, ordered the, the, uh, the badge for my plaque for my uh, eternal shit list, and Sci-Fi is on it. I've already ordered the badge, so nope, they can't <laughs> do anything. Right. <clears throat> I, I, it's a great premise for a story, though. It absolutely is. Yeah. Of course, because sci-fi didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> You're very so, angry today. I am so angry. Siffy, if, if you want us to stop talking about you like this... Call us. Or us. Do something good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Siffy, you need a talk show. We're the talk show that you need. Yeah. You need to bring back uh, Stargate, and you need to do it right and not cancel it after two seasons like dicks. <laughs> Wait, somebody cares about Stargate. Sorry. Wait, before we get on to CSI Stargate, <laughs> we have a very patient guest. Who's been chiming in through most of this and is now well, wondering, this is true. are they ever going to get to me? No, Maybe. I'm having fun. This is good. <laughs> so in case you haven't heard of it, there's this video thing, film-like object, called Silver Circle. Maybe you've heard yeah. of it. And it's it's this wonderful animated feature, and we have the producer. Oh, the producer and the director. Producer yeah. director, just like Michael Doherty. Yes. <laughs> Pasha, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Uh, you, we've known you guys for oh gosh, a couple of years now. Yep, yep. I think and we um, met at one of like Boston Comic Con or something like that. I think we met at Boston Comic Con like three years ago. Yeah, Granite Con, one of those things. And and at that point, you know, Silver Circle was just kind of like this idea that you guys had, 
and you were just kind of thinking about how to make it work and last year you you were you were doing casting and, and you were doing shooting and this year man I, I was looking at scenes and and all of a sudden we're looking at it's it's we're we're moving along it's pretty yeah, cool we're, we're gonna be we actually watched a full cut of it um you know the full movie um this week uh you know it's incredibly rough animation and their faces and most of their faces aren't animated, and you know, there's this, everything is very, very rough. But it's a real movie; it hangs together, and it's nice to see this thing finally coming together. But, uh, but we we, d- we did go through. I think when we first started, we were going through all kinds of screenwriting stuff, and you know, we went through two yeah, screenwriters. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're well, looking. For those list- hmm? So we're looking at a release at Sundance. Well, we're going to submit it to Sundance. Yeah. There's Before a, we even get down that road, for those uh, listeners who are not familiar, what exactly is Silver Circle? That's a great question. Um, it's basically a movie about a major economic collapse, um, much worse than we had a couple of years ago, uh, that has basically unfolded into 2019. So it's not that far out. And it's... Um, the Federal Reserve, which is this bank that works with the government currently, and since 1913, they've um, vastly grown in power. There's been a huge amount of inflation, and there's all this sort of pain. But there's a group of rebels that are fighting back against uh, the Federal Reserve, and it's sort of this fighting the man kind of story. That you know, so there's an investigator from the Fed who's chasing down the rebels, and uh, you know, there's this beautiful female lead, Zoe, who is the uh, rebel lead, and you know, investigator is Jay, and it's a thriller romance. So you can imagine it gets complicated as the story goes on. But uh, SilverCircleMovie.com is where you find out about it. But it's just a, kind of this fun fighting the man story. There is kind of economics and all that stuff in there, but it's really mostly a um, the main idea is that it's a, a fun story. Now, if you go to nice. silvercircle.com, and we're going to post uh, links to silvercirclemovie.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got the link. No worries. Com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to post like all the links. Okay. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of multimedia. There's all kinds of FAQs. You can look at their studios. You can look at the crew. You can look at uh, 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 different videos. Uh, there's the blog. There's the. Uh, uh, the uh, it's a comic book web too. comic yeah. yeah yeah the web comic is really really cool yes. yeah I mean, and we we drew it a second time I mean so it's because the movie's done it's animated so it's done in 3D the colors are kind of like um, scanner darkly um, but we had our graphic artist uh, Jackie Musto draw it again in 2D so um, it looks like a it's, it's a different look. It's really fun. It's imagined through her as opposed to imagined through us, and it's um, and she designed most of the characters. So now we had Jackie on the show last year when when the graphic novel oh, yeah. was just starting out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's and I mean, it has it has gotten very very dark and very 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 Philip K. Dickish. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, it, just to be it, careful it how you say that, Joe. Hey, hey, no, hey. Really. <laughs> I mean, I, I in the very best sense of what that means is very dystopian and, and 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 wonderfully dark. Yeah, there's a there's a happy ending, but it's um, or depending on how you define happy, but it's uh yeah, it's a, we kind of made the world um, not not a happy one. So, um, but we the rebels are pretty fun. I mean, they're probably more fun in the movie than they are in the comics so far, but. We try to interject a uh, this goofy sense to them. Uh, you, you see more about them coming up in the comic, I think. But and we're trying to we're trying to get cosplay and trying to figure out how do you get like super fans kind of going with that. So we're starting to come up. With, I think next week on the comic, we're going to have a guide like how to dress like a rebel and stuff like that. <laughs> you, you'll see me like that, that <laughs> like that next time. But uh, what little do you know is that somebody cosplayed me at the last con. Ooh, that's not true. <laughs> if it were, I would actually be really creeped out. So, well, there, were, there was enough creepiness at the last one. Anyway, <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, so after the release is set in September, 
at both Sundance and South by Southwest. Well, we submit then. So we, we submit to, so we, you know, they have a deadline and then Sundance actually happens in January. So they go through all the submissions and then, you know, choose us to win. Um, <laughs> right. So, so we just have to get it done by then. South by Southwest has a deadline similarly like a month after that. Um, and then once we know what is happening with the festivals, um, those are like two of the top ten festivals, then we um, get the movie out into the theaters. And I'm just dealing with distributor. We're self-distributing, but there's like theater releasing companies that we're working with right now to figure out like 15 cities and different theaters where and that kind of a thing. Boston? And at the same, and at the same time, you oh, yeah. video on demand, uh, DVD sales, uh, online streaming, all, all different forms of, of uh, getting the film out. Yeah, yeah, and we're just a tiny studio. I mean, there's really like five of us inside of our studio, and then we work with. Uh, um, there's another group of animators that we work with in India. That's you know, that's you know, there's like uh, they're getting bigger, but you know, there's probably fifteen, twenty people working on it over there. So it's it's, it's you know, we're just trying to use a lot of technology and a lot of sort of intelligence to put this thing together, and not be you know like have to be Pixar and spend millions and millions of dollars on this. So. Um, but the comic, we're, we're jazzed about the comic. One of my, one of the ideas is like, we're trying to talk to Dark Horse about trying to separately produce the comic. I mean, it's starting to have some legs of its own, and make a little version of it and put it inside boxes, inside the DVD box, kind of like Sin City did. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that sounds great. Clever. I don't. Know, we're trying, you know, just want to get somebody to reason to buy the DVD anymore. <laughs> you know what though the fact that you're actually even thinking that you need to give people a reason to buy a DVD is very progressive but I think it's correct Yeah. Absolutely. so are you planning a digital release yeah there'll be um, there's, I'm not even sure if it's going to output to film um, well yeah. I mean I mean, not like digitally to theaters I mean like throw it up on the internet because oh, honestly yeah. um, you know obscurity is your is more scary than uh, pirates I think yeah Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we'll have a version of it up online, and you can't stop the pirates. I mean, they'll—they're um, not going to pay for the movie anyway. So, um, most producers I know have, like, you know, they keep track of—they—they they actually know one guy who collects pirated versions of his own movie. Um, from <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? You know what, though? I don't think that's true because I think that if. Okay, I can't obviously speak for all pirates, but some pirates that I may or may not know intimately will actually pay for something if they like it enough. Yeah. If so not directly for the DVD, for maybe the comic book. Right. And I, I definitely know people who do that with music, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but we're, we're, we're psyched. I mean, it's kind of a really interesting time to put stuff out as a, as a movie maker and um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's it's kind of difficult to decide which way to move to make the money work to make yeah. to make the product move in such a way it, that it becomes a profitable endeavor for you as opposed to just a labor of love that everybody takes what they want from. Well, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you right now the way to do it: get it in front of as many eyes as possible. Only a fraction of those eyes will like you enough to support you. But those fraction of eyes will in fact support you. And if you get it in front of enough people, you're going to be able to start making money off of it. And you'll get input as to, you know, what I know you're thinking about sort of what to do next. And I think once yeah. you build up a pretty strong community, you know, you can take their input and say, wow, this is a good idea. Or, you know, people seem to want, you know graphic novels a collected comic book let's give them that and you know then they'll buy it yeah i mean we're as you know we're doing all kinds of stuff just to kind of build up the audience at a time it's i mean there's like almost twelve thousand facebook fans on there now and it's it's really can we borrow some of yours <laughs> <laughs> we'll link Pasha? to the interview they'll yeah yeah i wanted to ask you i mean having watched what you had up at granicon what was it like for your experience working with all the green screen stuff it's um the artists um the actors really love it. I mean, we used um um all local actors. They're all from Boston. Um Woohoo. And uh, you know, and it's uh you know, they go into this well, you saw the pictures in the green screen, so it's just this empty yeah. room with the grid and they say, you know, I go in there and say, Okay, this is a railroad track and there's a train coming straight at you, so act really scared 
um, you know, and then run and then fall down like you do in all movies. Um, (laughs) Because you have to fall down when you run away from something dangerous. Um, It's the Bill Shatner way to act. What can I tell you? But But I guess, I mean, for the actors, it's you need to have good actors because if you have somebody who can't put their their imagination into what their character is seeing or doing, it's not going to come off very well. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll need motivation or a prop or something to hold on to, but most of them love it. I mean, one of them said, I think, you know, the green screen gives you nothing and nothing is everything. You know, they get to, um, you know, it's really useful, too, that they're theater actors and not movie actors. Mm. I was going to say, did you ever get an actor who auditioned really well and then once they got up in front of the green screen, you're just like, that's just not working for me? Uh, we had some that were the ones, the main ones that were we used were really, really good. I mean, um, so um, you know, I, it, we've evolved in terms of being able to cast these guys. I think, but oh, but give me some dirt. <laughs> there, there, there were some that you know they talked so slow, and we just had to like cut their voice up and speed them up and do stuff like that because it was just like um, too slow for the movie. You just kind of keep got to keep the pace going on that, or they're trying to draw out their their place in the movie or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, That's what you get for casting Stephen Wright. <laughs> I have one line and I'm going to make it last as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, we almost, we had some of that, but it was, uh, but it's, um, the theater actors are really good for that because they, um, you know, they're on an empty stage half the time anyway. And so it, it's, um, I'm, I'm going to keep, doing it that way and then like for the fight scenes they were not um the most raw fighters so i'm going to go to like this old martial arts studio i used to go to and just get some you know ma- you know mixed martial arts fighters and reenact the fight scene with them and they're just totally badass so, you know they're just gonna be beating ha- beating the bejesus out of each other so so when yep. when you have these guys come in to do the fight scenes like is that gonna be like so you're, you had your main characters already sort of come and do that, and then can you map the motions from these characters onto... Oh, yeah. That's like really Avatar. cool. Nice. That's yeah, really actor, cool. <laughs> the actor acts out there, and they, you know, we basically copy their emotion. It's literally pure acting. and they, So we capture their emotion and their facial, facial expressions and everything and put it onto this, this doll, you know, this three-dimensional doll. And so so, so one character in the movie could be portrayed by any number of people. Yeah, we actually doubled up on some of them. We had some people play several actors if they could do different voices. Uh, and we haven't had one guy kill himself. Um, you know, <laughs> That's fabulous. Oh, my. He played both the killer and the person who, um, you know, who got killed. Okay, well, now when I watch it, I'm going to look for that and see if I can figure out which one it is. You know, I mean, but the beauty the beauty of this is is that you've got you can you can set this movie anywhere, you can do anything and and when when you get the DVD, you get this behind the scenes look of what these people are like and what what this whole process is like. Mm-hmm. When I was watching that stuff at the con, uh, you had it set up on a monitor yeah. so that we we could see that. And we were right across from you, so we stared at it yeah. a lot. Oh man, <laughs> it was it was amazing. It, it was so cool to watch. This is this is the value add that 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 DVD is, is going to bring out. Is that you know being able to see just how cool this process was because it was really really neat to look at. Yeah, we're trying to be kind of transparent and show people how we're doing this and what it's like. I mean, it's animation is a tough art. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of technology. There's a lot of. Um, you know, things beyond the tools themselves. There's a lot of pipelines. So we're trying to show people how it works. And, you know, it'd be fun to, you know, do more of this, you know, to find some really cool comic properties or sci-fi books and turn them into, you know, that already have audiences and already the story's already worked out. And Well, you've been been looking at some stuff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, we're talking about sequels and we're talking, and I'm looking at what kinds of things to do. Otherwise, I've been talking with you guys like about, Last Man, Life of a Child, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking, you know, there's if you want to do a bunch of short movies, you know, or or even, you know, expand on uh, on a short story, uh, there's a lot of stuff in Last Man Anthology that was really, really good. 
Of course, my personal favorite was Life of a Child. But, you know, <laughs> like, that was we all know who everyone's personal favorites. That was another <laughs> show. Right. We all voted on that, didn't we? Love mm. you, Samantha. We love <laughs> you, Sam. We, I forget who mine was, but it was extra cool. <laughs> it was cool. I'm well, going to look it up. There was so many, it was cool. So many good, good stories the, in that. The, you know, there's some animated, uh, like, pilot out there called uh, Skullduggery, too, you should look at. <laughs> Skullduggery. Yeah, I wonder that. who did that one. I was... Oh, I don't know. Mm. I, I heard it was this guy named Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> I, I picked up one at, at Granite Con called Healed. It was like homelesscomics.com or something, but... Um, oh, George O'Connor's, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun premise, you know. All of a sudden, just one day, nobody dies of natural causes anymore. Um, you know, all disease is gone. So sounds like Torchwood. People, yeah, the only way yeah. people die is through killing each other or from accidents, and um, you know, it's just a really interesting premise about the amount of stress that comes into the world based on that. Hey, Pasha, how how did you get started with animation? What what drew you to that as a genre? It's um. It's a long story. You know, I actually started in, I have degrees in economics and finance, and I started the studio to do animation about, to describe complicated financial ideas. And, you know, we did a bunch of stuff like that. And then when this particular, when the 2008 economic crisis came up, I said, you know, this is cool. This is like the mother of all stories. This is cool? No, I don't think it was cool. It wasn't cool, but it was, you know, this, is, this could be a really cool story. No, my 401k got wiped out. That was not <laughs> Maybe in a few thing. years it'll be a cool story, but wait till the edge has gone off of it. Yeah, well, I, I you still know, curse that speak. son of a bitch on Wall Street, but I, that's just me. You know, I, got I don't my think it's series, just you. <laughs> I got my Series 7 and my Series 63, and I got to tell you, making the Fed the villain is a stroke of genius. Absolutely. Well, nobody's talking about that at this point. So, I mean, but it's getting more and more popular now. But, you know, the Fed is like. It's like the world's perfect supervillain, you know. It's like this secret agency that oh, yeah. you know, that controls the world's money. You know, it's like straight out of James yeah. Bond. Um, and, yeah, and it's so. illegal to actually know who all the members are, right? I don't know. I remember looking into the Fed at one point, you know, because I was actually bouncing off of a Silver Circle article, and I was like, "Who is in the Fed?" And it, it, I actually found this info. It was like, "Nah, you really." Half of them get appointed by the president, and the other half appoint themselves, and they don't have to tell you who they are. Okay. <laughs> That's... So they don't have to tell you who they are, but they run the money. It's very secretive, and their, and their security, who we've encountered many times, are, um, are very protective. Um, yeah, you don't really want to go near their building with a video camera. Um, <laughs> you speak from experience, <laughs> sir? Yeah. Been escorted off several times. So. <laughs> uh, what a sci-fi podcast! Ooh. Yeah, we've got them running scared. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But we're trying to figure it out. You know, I mean, it's um, like you said. I mean, it's kind of a um, you know, it's a really cool story and it's uplifting at the end. But you know, it is. We did go down the dystopia road in this, and you know, I and we're having a lot of fun with conspiracy theory and. Um, you know, there's all kinds of conspiracy things in here. So it's our our fans, especially you know, there's like political fans and comic fans are going to really like that side of it. Um, but you know, I, I'm kind of curious too in terms of um, I sent a quote from a friend, but it, it's you know, I'm, I'm curious where you know what happened to stories where you're kind of exploring where people, what's the good side of people, what can you know, what kind of what's the optimistic future for the people instead of like, oh my god, we're all going to die. You know, so I'm curious about that kind of a story too. Um, you know, I'm reading uh, *Palace* by uh, Janiel Smith, and um, that, that kind of thing. It, that's a, um, a little bit more positive that way. It's, it's a, you know, although it's a sci-fi, thorough sci-fi book. Well, it's uh, funny because you you tossed a quote out uh, from from one of your friends about uh, uh, *Let There Be Light* by by Bob Heinlein. Yeah, uh, where scientists engineers create a social revolution by uh, introducing cheap renewable energy, and I think one of the things that that maybe we've gotten away from is the understanding that there's, you know, two sides of the same coin 
the coin remains the same, but it, what matters is what side we're looking at. Stranger in a Strange Land by Heinlein was, you know, people took a look at that and went, oh, oh, what a horrible society we live in, how horrible it is. It was a very positive, very uplifting book. Yeah. Uh, we, we've gotten beyond that to some degree right now. But it, I think it's, you know, part of that pendulum swinging back and forth, the same pendulum that crashed my 401k. But that's a whole <laughs> other story. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to think about that more carefully and, you know, and just, uh, I mean, because this is the right movie to make right now, but it's definitely a dystopia and it's, it's really fun to, you know, work on the Federal Reserve and have enough faith in the First Amendment that, you know, we're not going to get blown up or anything. <laughs> so, Sorry. No. Sorry, you have faith in amendments. That's cute right now with the renewal of the Patriot Act. I know. Uh. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> you think you're not on a watch list right now? Everybody's oh, on a watch list. I'm sure we are, but we're just making a movie. It's not, you know, we're not doing anything. Yeah, that's what you say you're doing. We're, Better wiretap your phone to figure it out for sure. We're just doing a podcast. Right? <laughs> or are we? Or are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty much what we're doing. So, Pasha. 3, 15, 45. <laughs> <laughs> That was really creepy, Deadhead. Good job. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> is as things move forward with with uh, the uh, solicitation to Sundance, as as things move forward with uh, uh, your forms of getting the movie out, we'd like to be informed so we can inform our listeners. We want to be informed because we want to be able to spread the word. This is a really cool movie. It's a really cool concept. The animation itself. Is, is really cool to look at and watch. Guys, uh, listeners, if you haven't seen what animation like this looks like, uh, you need to go to the website, check it out. We'll have all the links for you. And when the movie's ready to come out, it's something you really need to see. You might even learn something about economics without falling asleep. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not going to fall asleep. There's no, uh, there's no lectures or anything like that, so... Well, I mean, the last time I tried to learn something about economics, I was in Snoozeville, so... No, it's car chases and explosions and all that. Cool the way stuff. economics should be. It, it's like Schoolhouse Rock, but with car chases. Yeah. <laughs> awesome! I just see Ayn Rand being chased by the A-Team. There you go. A-Team <laughs> equals when a theory comes together. I, I think, get it. <laughs> I think the A-Team would win on that one for sure. <laughs> hey, do you, do you guys still have any more of those those End the Fed t-shirts that you were selling? Yeah, we've sold a bunch those, of them. You know, and it was awesome. And what's interesting with those End the Fed t-shirts is we, I have, like at, uh, where was it, um, Megacon in Florida. I sold one of those to, they, there was like a cheerleader convention going on at the same time. I sold, a, I sold an end-fed t-shirt to a cheerleader who just thought it was cool and she heard about it on the news and, you know, cheerleaders can be smart too, but she, she, she'd never heard of it before, but she thought it was so cool. And it's like, that's pop culture in action there. I mean, that is nice. like, wow, you know, she had, she probably horrified her parents, but. Um, that's kind of awesome. I was like, yeah, well, oh. save the cheerleader. <laughs> save the world. Yeah, I know. And end the Fed. Yeah. <laughs> save the cheerleader and the Fed. There we go. <laughs> Pasha Roberts, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I cannot wait to see what this film looks like. You can check it out at silvercirclemovie.com. And he will be back, and the rest of his crew will be back on the show. As we near the opening. X, it's time to make it happen. Uh, we got a short one, but oh my God, do we have a good coming up calendar. Because next week is another author special. It's our Isaac Asimov tribute episode. And our, and our guest will be legendary sci-fi author Ben Bova. Oh, no, no, wait, what? Ben freaking Bova will be okay, our guest thank you week. thank you you got it you're fracking June 11th will be the mystery guest if they will return my email and on June uh, who's the mystery guest now I want to know you'll we'll have a to tune in to find out <laughs> and 
on June 18th, fresh from a stopover at Callahan's Crosstime Saloon, it's author Spider Robinson. Oh, yes, it is. See, we do like Canadians. We love Canadians. And on June 25th, two more Canadians, Anthony Del Cole and Connor McCreary, get Hey Nani Nani with their hit comic series, Kill Shakespeare. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome. Wow, what a great show we've had tonight. Pasha, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and we're going to have you back real soon. All right, love you guys. Thank you. All right. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Skype's been good to us tonight. Kriana, thank you. Cross your fingers and your toes for next week. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and that vivacious vamp, the dead redhead. And the Fed. Good night, everyone. Mouth host Gallifrey, the man with the echo. He's been in, he's been out, and now he's gone. Thank you, Awake by Java. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Spoilers!